if you don't feel like you're fulfilling that purpose, you need to really evaluate what you do care about and what is going to bring that joy to you and your life. This is the Brilliance Leadership Learning Podcast, sharing thought-provoking content and discussions to enhance your leadership development journey. Be sure to subscribe to get notified of new episodes. Here are your hosts from the digital learning team at Crotonville, GE's Global Learning Institute. Welcome everybody to today's podcast. I've got Nicole Bridgers with me, who is the founder of B2B Honey Collective, which was founded in 2015. And Nicole uh, is a, she describes herself as a burnout B2B internet marketer who decided to leave her corporate marketing agency to do what she's now doing with the Honey Collective. So we're here to talk with Nicole a little bit about how she got there and some of her learnings along the way. So welcome, Nicole. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. So I think what I want to do first is go through a little bit of a summary of some of the jobs that you've had. Give us a little bit of history. There's been a lot of jobs. I started my career at 16, as many people do. I worked at a drugstore that was close to my house, and I worked that job through my sophomore year of college. And then after that, I was an intern at Dallas City Hall for the Fair Housing Office, uh, which was a really great job. It, uh, it was kind of like a secret agent job. I would go to apartment complexes and uh, banks and try to get housing. And then someone, like a person of color, would come in behind me and do the same thing. And we would see if we were offered different prices or if our experiences were you know, drastically different. Um, so that was really fun. After that job, or actually as I had that job, I got another job um, as a customer service representative answering the phone for several different companies. Did that for just over a year. And then after that, I was trying to decide whether to go to graduate school or not and took a bunch of odd jobs. I cleaned houses. I flipped perfume on eBay. I mowed lawns, all kinds of things at that time. I went to France for a semester, came back, uh, decided to move to Atlanta, um, and got a job at uh, a company just starting. I was their first hire, something I knew well, answering the phone, and I ended up having that job for six years. But the phone never rang. So I, um, you know, I would sleep a lot, I would play a lot of board games, but I decided I could probably do something a little more profitable with that time. Um, so I, I've, I've always had like a side job. So I started um, finding other jobs that I could do while I was sitting at a computer at this call center. And I had a few hobbies and a major one was playing trivia at bars. i big Jeopardy geek. I'm kind of like a little Lisa Simpson know-it-all type of person. So I, um, I got approached by the owner of this trivia company and he said, we need some help writing questions. Would you be good at that? And I was, Would I? You know, sure. <laughs> so I started writing five sets of questions every week um, to be, you know, read aloud at bars or restaurants or wherever they were doing it. And then it kind of evolved into me hosting my own show and they also had um, a poker company attached to the trivia company. It was just like, you know, entertainment company. So I started dealing cards 
and did that. So during the day, I would be writing and answering the phones. And then at night, I would have like a second life as a poker dealer slash trivia hostess. Um, and it's just really long days, but, um, you know, I, I needed to pay the bills. So that's what I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that kind of evolved. Um, my boss, uh, he took notice that we really didn't have anything to do. And he said, well, let's, let's try to find something profitable that you guys can be doing while I'm paying you to sit here. <laughs> so his mm -hmm. wife wanted to start a board game and he noticed that I was, you know, on the internet, usually researching. And he said, Hey, Nicole, you're on the internet. You love the internet. Why don't you figure out how to sell this board game on the internet? And I'm like, well, it's not really what I do on the internet. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know anything about marketing or anything about, you know, website design. Um, he goes, well, you know, take some courses, figure it out. So he, uh, basically forced me into this and I was pretty good at it. I, I could write, you know, write ads. I could write the, the copy for the website. I made, you know, marketing videos. I, I put up a page on MySpace uh, for the board game, the, the, these type of things that was kind of an emerging technology at the time. Um, I learned how to do AdWords and SEO and, and all of search engine optimization, all of these things. The game, um, we sold a bunch of games that year, but I, I wasn't a big fan of the game. And it, personally, I needed to, to get out of that city and, and I wanted to, to move out. So I decided to take my skills and get a marketing job back in Texas where my parents lived and move in with them. Um, so I got a job at a marketing agency. They were into destination marketing. So I did the marketing for cities. So a marketing team behind, say, like the city of Miami or the city of Charlotte. And the city of Atlanta was one of their clients, and I knew the city very well. So I, I was the city of Atlanta on Facebook, and I tweeted about the city, and, and I learned all about um, search engine optimization from a really professional standpoint. And I really just kind of evolved and blossomed into this this marketer and I decided that I wanted to to move out of my parents house for once and uh, I moved to Houston where I grew up so I, I got a really great marketing job here in in Houston at a very great agency and that's that's where I you know that corporate marketing job that you mentioned at the beginning that's that's where I was at that point and I did have a side hustle. Uh, I was working, I'm working at a cheese shop. So I was doing that. Um, cheese has always been a big passion of mine and a dream of mine was to, to work in cheese. So that's, I was working towards that goal. <laughs> Not literally in cheese. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe that too. <laughs> but yes, that's, that is um, where where the storyline ends before I uh, I leave my marketing job for uh, <laughs> to get stung by bees all day. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Okay. 
So before we go too far into that, and also, by the way, I always wondered who those people are, like, who is the city of Atlanta? And so now I know it's you. So. <laughs> it was at one point. I'm sure now it's it's probably a big team of people. It was it, right. It wasn't that important at the time who was doing uh, Facebook. Uh, it was just such a new technology. They just had, you know, this newbie girl doing it. Um, but yeah, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> No, but it's so funny because you have these companies, right? I mean, any company now pretty much has a social media presence. So yep. those Twitter accounts or the Facebook page, it's like you always wonder who is that responding on the other end. And sometimes they sometimes they will show a little bit of their personality through their responses. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting now. But um, so what I want to go deeper into is having had all of these different kinds of experiences, and I know that a lot of it is probably just – something that you mentioned, right? You needed to make extra money and mm -hmm. it's kind of an, it was kind of a need for you at that time. Yeah. But was there anything looking back on it now that um, both starting work at a young age, but then also just some of the different things that you did and how maybe those, how you moved through those opportunities. Is there any of that that you really learned a lot from and that have kind of gotten you to, to where you are now? Yeah. So I think first starting at 16 with a job was really important. My mother, um, she was a single mom for a short period of time and she's always been a really hard worker. I think she's really instilled that in, in me. And I knew that it was really important to, to go to work every day, to work really hard and, um, continue to do so. So at 16, uh, I needed to pay for driver's ed. I needed to pay for it to go to the movies or do whatever I needed. Um, I also wasn't sure how I was going to pay for college. I knew, you know, any help that I could do on my end would be really important. So I started to do that and it, it taught me a lot about customer service, about, um, just showing up every day, working as hardest and best as you can. Um, also the multitude of jobs I've had, I think you, you never really know what you're going to be doing in life and you never really know what these opportunities that come across your table, what, what you're going to learn from them and what they'll bring to your career. So I said yes a lot. Um, someone wanted me to volunteer. Someone wanted me to, you know, I need an extra help doing this. I said, okay. I said that often and it really has crafted me into who I am today. Every single thing I've done helped along the way, whether it was meeting new people or learning new skills or just the experience in and of itself. Um, you know, if it was something crazy, um, for example, I did a, I hosted speed, ho uh, speed dating. Oh <laughs> you know? my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> I was just going to say, I can yeah. imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did secret shopping. I mean, everything taught me something. So it was always uh, a good thing for me to say yes. And I'm, I'm continuing to do so today and new opportunities are still coming. So. <laughs> yeah. And I think that just says a lot about the value of being open-minded and while as sometimes you know if you're too much of a yes person you get yourself buried but I yep. think 
done yeah. that too. <laughs> <laughs> but in general, I mean, I think just to your point, it's a great example of, you know, you learn things that you never thought that would interest you or, you know, just things mm-hmm. that are helpful that you might not have gotten anywhere else. So tell us now how you got started uh, with B2B Honey. Um, I was a hobbyist beekeeper. I was a backyard beekeeper. And I also uh, worked at the cheese shop. And I noticed through my beekeeping associations and through the cheese shop that there was this need in Houston. People would come to the cheese shop, look at the, we have honey, and they would look at the honey that we have on the shelf and they would say, where is this honey from? And depending on the season and the, the, the year, we'd say, oh, you know, this, this is a special varietal honey from West, Te- West Texas. And they would be like, oh, that's not local honey. And we're like, well, we have some honey here from like an hour away. It's, it's pretty local. It's, it tastes great. They'd be like, no, I'm really looking for something that was made in this neighborhood. And um, we'd be like, well, I'm sorry. Um, and they would just get up and they would leave or they would, you know, just buy cheese and no honey. Um, so that was something that I saw. And being a beekeeper, I was like, well, maybe I, I need to have, um, you know, selling, start selling my honey by neighborhood. And then as a beekeeper, I noticed all these beekeepers that... They had all this honey. They would basically just give it away. They thought that there wasn't, um, they're, you know, they're not in it for the money. They're just in it for the hobby. And they would just give it out for gifts or to, to their neighbors. Or they just said, oh, I have all this honey. I don't know what to do with. And I was like, well, I think I have an audience for you. So I started thinking about maybe this business idea of being a honey distributor similar to how the cheese shop I worked at was a cheese distributor to restaurants and to the public. So I, I was kind of marinating on this idea and I started doing a lot of research and I noticed that throughout, I said, well, I'm, I'm not the first person to come up with this idea. Like I can't be, how are they doing it in other cities? And I saw in a lot of major cities that they had honey by neighborhood and they also offered beekeeping services which allowed um, people to, to learn how to beekeep and keep bees in their backyards and on their rooftops. And it was a service that was provided to maintain your beehive. And I didn't really see that in Houston. So I thought, well, here's an opportunity. Houston is a very um, green city. We have, you know, uh, we don't have winter and there's, there's plants and lots of land and lots of bees. And I I think that I could provide this service to Houston and also have a marketplace where I can sell honey by neighborhood and other beekeepers could sell their honey as well. So one thing I was, I wanted to mention was that the folks that were often doing the beekeeping in your neighborhoods were also a little bit older and maybe not as well-versed in that technology too. So you were able to help out there. Yeah. So they, um, you know, and I said, oh, I'm going to be selling my honey online. And they're like, well, who buys honey online? I'm like, <laughs> well, who buys anything online? Everybody. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, and they're like, well, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, well, I do. I've been doing this for almost a decade. Yeah. Um, and I know that you can market yourself better. Maybe take take that honey out of that generic jar or that generic label and, and make your own and, and come up with a better name. And I like all these marketing things that I've learned over the years. 
you know, how about some email marketing and social media? And they were like, well, I'm not interested in that. Um, but I'm like, okay, well, I'll buy your honey. Um, so yeah, the average age of a beekeeper in Texas, the last survey that they did, which is, um, granted a couple years ago was like something around 74 years. It's, it was just much older than you expected. And that those are the type of people that are selling you honey. So I thought, okay, well, first I need to create a new generation of beekeepers. And secondly, I need to help these people market themselves. Um, so that's, that's kind of where my business started to like really mold itself and understand what it is that I wanted to do. Um, but I always thought that it was going to be a side project. Um, you know, I had my, my full-time job. I was excelling there. I was kind of, you know, going up the, the ladder of my career and I had never meant to not do that. So I said, okay, well, I have this honey beekeeping side project and then I'm going to have my, my full-time job, but, uh, it didn't work out that way. Uh, I started to really resent my full-time job. I, I wasn't outside. I wasn't, I wasn't with the bees. I wasn't doing what I thought I wanted to do. And it, it came to a, a pinnacle where I was really unhappy and I wanted out of the rat race. I was working very long hours and it was very difficult. I was um, a marketing manager, so I had a, um, a lot of responsibility and I, I just, it, it got burnt out. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. And then one day I, the, there was a, a straw that broke the camel's back and I, uh, I put in my notice. I said, okay, I'm going to do this bee thing. <laughs> And what was the role of this American Cheese Conference that you went to? And I don't know if it's a mantra or, or what you would call it, but you picked up something there. Tell us about that. Sure. Yeah. So I, every year, it was actually um, a, a thing that I did yearly and I still will do. Um, it's um, an association I, I belong to called the American Cheese Society. They have a yearly conference. Every year it's in a different city. And, uh, last year it was in Providence, Rhode Island and I have family in New England. Um, so I was definitely going and one of the national beekeeping companies is in Boston. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to go up to Providence. I'm going to visit these people in Boston and talk to them about, about their business. I kind of, I'm just a big fan girl really. And I really wanted to see what was going on. So I, I wrote them an email and asked if I could come by for a tour and they said, sure. So I, I did. And I noticed how they, they ran their business, had a lot of questions and they, they thought I was there for, cause I wanted a job. And I said, no, no, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. Um, I was just really curious. You're making this national presence why aren't you in Houston? It's the fourth largest city in the country. It's close to all this bee research. It's, you know, no winter. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. And they said, well, uh, we decided to go to Austin. We've decided to go to New Orleans because I guess those are the cities they knew. And they thought, well, we were close enough to Houston. Um, we didn't have to be there. And I said, well, I, I really disagree. Uh, I, I think you should be in Houston. And they said, well, I, maybe you should start your own business then. And, you know, 
uh, you could be the Houston person. And I said, okay, uh, interesting. I never thought about that, but maybe I will, you know, like I'm thinking about <laughs> it. That's a good point. And then also the keynote speaker at the conference, it was, his name's Mark Canlis. He has a restaurant in Seattle called Canlis, and he was talking about building a company culture and just making sure your, your life is, has purpose. And he asked us to perform an exercise and he had us write down who we were currently and who we wanted to become. It took me a while. I sat and looked at the paper and, you know, I wrote that I was, I was a burnt out internet marketer and I was kind of just going through, through the motions day by day just trying to, to make it to that next paycheck. And I wanted to have, you know, to, to counteract that, I wanted to become a person who had a purpose, who, who was living their li best life every day. And I wanted to have what the Japanese call ikigai. Ikigai is, is have the reason for being. So to, to have that purpose in my life and, and that was really important to me. Um, so I wrote, I wrote back the, the Boston company and I said, Hey, you know, I think I might do this. <laughs> um, you know, I, I might just start this company. And it wasn't there long after then I put in my notice. So what advice would you give to other individuals who might be at the same spot that you are or that maybe even just like occasionally feel like they could be happier with what they're doing? Sure. I think everyone gets to that point that, you know, you're not you're not having a good day at work. <laughs> you know, you're just like, ah, oh, why am I here? What am I doing? That's that's really not what I'm talking about. I mean, we all have bad days. It's something where you're waking up every day and you're like, what am I giving back to? society what is my purpose in life so if you don't feel like you're fulfilling that purpose you need to really evaluate what you do care about and what is going to bring that joy to you and your life and you know how are you going to leave your mark on this world um, what's what is your legacy <laughs> you know so evaluating that think about um, the skills you do possess think about new skills that you want to possess think about idea if there is is a purpose that you can you can do with what you have um, you see a big a need uh, if you can design something or if you can provide a service that isn't currently being provided or that you can do it better yeah there's there's a lot of opportunities out there to at least even have a cool new hobby <laughs> that might make your life purposeful. Um, volunteering is another great thing to do to kind of figure out what, what it is that really moves you. Right. What is the current status of, of your beehives then? You know, we, we've gotten through our first summer. <laughs> I started with, a, I, at the very peak, I had about 24 hives, but I've sold some hives. I combined some hives. Um, all, all things have happened to my hives. Um, I currently have 17. How many bees are, I guess, in one hive? Uh, anywhere from like 30,000 to 50,000. Wow. Yeah, there's, those little boxes can hold a lot of bees. They, they live very close uh. together. But so right now I have um, nine clients and 17 hives. 
do you plan to continue expanding or where where are you at now? Yeah, we are gearing up for the spring. Uh, we've already ordered bees because you can order packages of bees, um, but you have to order them much ahead of time. So I have bees that are coming in April and I'm continuing to find more clients. I'm continuing to evolve my um, honey. So I've, I've packaged my honey in special jars. I have labels. I'm getting them into different stores and markets. So that's kind of what I'm working on right now. A lot of um, wholesale honey for bakeries and coffee shops and all types of people who, who use honey. Um, I'm kind of concentrating on that right now and just getting more clients for the spring. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm hoping to have um, about 40 hives come, come April, May of 2017. Cool. Yeah. And I have a team of interns. <laughs> oh, awesome. That's really, that is cool. Yeah. There's a lot of people who want to get into beekeeping, but either they don't have land or they don't own their own house and, or they don't know if it's really something that they want to do. Um, so they're like, hey, can I just help you? Can I hang out when you do this? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, so I, I have a team of um, five people um, and I just tell them where I'm going to be and if they are available, they can join me. Um, or if I'm like, hey, I need a little bit of extra help today. I have to move a beehive. It takes two people to move a beehive. So, um, you know, uh, they'll, I'll find someone to help me. It's really great. Well, I hope sometime soon that I can get to try some of your honey. Oh, yeah. I hope so, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. This is uh, a really inspiring story for me. I love these stories where people have really latched on to something that they enjoy and found a way to make it work for them. So kudos to you on that. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you so much. It's It's been such a great, great experience to come and talk about it. And I... Uh, invite anyone who is interested in beekeeping to check out their their local beekeeping club and read some books and take some classes and uh, it's it's such a rewarding hobby yeah and if people want to follow you nicole um they can find you on remind me again you've got facebook you've got instagram uh facebook instagram twitter um i'm gonna start making some youtube videos as well I'm on Pinterest. Oh, cool. So, yeah, um, it's B2B Honey um, on Facebook and on Instagram. And that's spelled in a very particular way. Um, it's B-E-E, -E, the digit two, B-E-E, -E, Honey. Uh, and it's just my life is full of puns. So, <laughs> and I'm okay and we'll with that. <laughs> we'll put that spelling in our in our episode description also so that people can see. That's my website as well, b2bhoney.com. And then on um, Twitter, um, my handle is b2bhoneytx because somebody already had my b2b honey. So, <laughs> uh, dang them. Yes. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. I came in second. So, um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm there and I'm sharing all kinds of cool articles. Um, there's always cool studies and research and just pictures of bees that are, are always fun. So yeah, I'm really enjoying that part. Marketing myself. <laughs> Absolutely, right? That's important yeah. for us not to forget yes. in anything that we're doing. Yes, it's very important and I'm enjoying that very much. Good, good. Thank you so much again and looking forward to seeing more about the bees. Thank you so much, Chantel. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud, and of course, like, comment, rate, and share. Thanks for listening. 